0: Welcome back to A Woman's View here on KSL News Radio. I just, what a treat this week to have Angela Kroll with me, the director of major gifts and corporate sponsorships with Ballet West. Nancy Lord is here, former Utah Republican National Committee woman, and now producer and artistic director of a community interfaith choir in the Bluffdale area. And Robin Scribner is with me, co-founder and director of Outreach for Tech Moms. Can I ask you about something I read this week about ACT scores? See, we're on education again, but when I saw the ACT scores were at a 30-year low. Now I'm going to be 60 this year, but I remember the ACT like it was yesterday. <laughs> I remember the pain of thinking, "Am I ready for this?" And I went in on a Saturday. I have to be living in Florida at the time, and you know, with all the other kids who were scared to death, and did the best we could. And now I see the trend that has gone just down, 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 down until. We are questioning whether or not the kids that we're sending to college, Robin, are prepared to go to college because they're not learning the basics in not just English and math, but history and social studies and so many other areas. What what do you think? Yes, and I've seen this personally, so I've got six kids, right?
1: It's It was ridiculous, I don't know what I was thinking, but I so I have three older kids that kind of took the ACT before the pandemic, and then I have a kid who's a senior right now who just took it in the spring. And seeing this, this fourth kid of mine who did his entire high school experience during the pandemic and this last year post-pandemic, his score, not to throw him under the bus, but was quite a bit lower than his older siblings and and even his attitude towards school and things like that. And this kid is super, super smart. It has nothing to do with his brains. I really think there is something to this. The academic preparation, the ability of teachers to be able to do their job during this really, really difficult time of the quarantining and, and all the other things that we were facing. I have a niece who was telling her mother, my sister, about not having to do her homework or something like that and she told her mom she said mom since the pandemic the teachers they can't force us to do anything and it was just kind of this attitude that that's we can basically get away true with, yeah that's what i see yeah and, and, it, scares and it, it scares me it
0: scares me it does
1: because kids can't be required to come to school right if, if you're sick you must stay home Right. But at the same time, that's easy for kids to abuse. But the the leniency and all these other things. But but on top of all of this is the severe mental health crisis that our teenagers are facing, which how can they do well on the ACT if they are having suicidal ideation, if they are having intense anxiety and depression, which we know that almost all of our teenagers seem to be facing. So there are layers of complexity here that are really helping our kids struggle. And so anyway, I have so much compassion for my teenagers and the kids to come, but there has been definitely a huge disruption in a very negative way to our students' education and preparation for college.
0: What do you think, Nancy? Is and do you have any, what should, can we do to get us back mm-hmm. on the right track? Any thoughts about that?
2: Well, that's a good question. But I do want to say that I thought from the beginning, around April 2020, I, I posted something on Facebook uh, that I thought that the way the government and the schools were responding to COVID was going to be the worst social experiment that we had ever engaged in. And Facebook took it down. And I'm just one little person. I mean, I, I was nobody famous, right? So somebody was was on Facebook taking down any kind of post that would that would counter the government's narrative on that issue. And I think that's proven to be correct. I mean, we look now at these statistics that we're seeing, how it's affected students three years later, and I think it's pretty clear that it's done significant damage to the kids, not only in their attitudes, not only in their putting them behind academically, but also their emotional and mental state There are a lot of things that we can do, though, even on an individual basis. Like one of the things I do, I think I've talked to you about it before, is I go and teach line dancing to kids at church uh, area dances because I know that having positive, real, face-to-face, fun things to do that get their endorphins going and, and enable them to have a good social interaction is so important. To help these kids in this social media world where everything's half fake.
0: You know, that, it, just, it, as soon as you started talking about that, I thought, you know what's helped my book? Because I, I have an 18 and a 16-year-old, so they had a lot of time during COVID. And the thing that has helped them the most has been getting a job. It Mm -hmm. makes them go outside to a place of employment where there are other people. It makes them learn that you have to respect. You can't whip your phone out in the middle of work or you'll get fired. (laughs) I mean, it it brings it. It's a rubber beats the road sort of thing that they really needed, I think. Um, Anyway, uh, Angela, what do you think uh, about this, about the ACTs being so low? And the trend is not good. Part of me is actually
3: excited by the fact that many universities Are stepping away from their reliance on standardized tests. I recognize that there's the inability of those tests to really measure some of these really important skills like study habits, reading ability, creative thinking, deep analytical skills, passion and dedication. Those are the things that really help students to excel in college and also in their careers. And you have these high stakes tests like the ACT or the SAT that are timed And so really what it is, it's measuring its power and speed. But in most people's job, speed is not an asset. Like I think about the law, and weirdly, you take the LSAT, and it is so – you have to be so incredibly fast in order to succeed. Mm -hmm. And it's really not a good indicator of how you're going to perform in law school and certainly not an indicator of how you're going to perform as a lawyer because – If I'm hiring a lawyer, I don't want the one that's fast. I want the one that's meticulous.
0: Yes, yes. And, like,
3: I think about a friend of mine in law school. They indicated, and they offered this, that they had one of the lowest LSAT scores coming into our law school class. This person graduated at the top of our class. Why? Because they were such a good student, and because Mm -hmm. that speed test, didn't actually measure their analytical, deep thinking skills and their passion and their studies habits, and they really had some of the best study habits. And so I think part of me is hopeful that we can move away from that and we can move to something that's going to measure student achievement much better than those high stakes standardized tests. Oh,
0: I, amen to that. I'm so glad you brought that up, but the time is gone, on it, we have the three of you come back and see me again, please. Of course. Thank you. Enjoy the rest of your weekend, everybody. We'll see you next week here on A Woman's View.
3: If you enjoy Amanda Dixon, join us back here each weekday for news and stories important to our community. Amanda hosts Utah's morning news from 5 to 9 on KSL News Radio.